servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Mary heard the word of God and cherished it in her heart. Let us praise God, our almighty Father, who wished that Mary, his son's mother, be celebrated by each generation. Now in need, we ask, Mary, full of grace, intercede for us. Mary, full of grace, intercede for us. O God, worker of miracles, you made the Immaculate Virgin Mary share body and soul in your son's glory in heaven. Direct the hearts of your children to that same glory. You made Mary our mother. Through her intercession, grant strength to the weak, comfort to the sorrowing, pardon to sinners. Salvation and peace to all. You made Mary full of grace. Grant all men the joyful abundance of your grace. Make your church of one mind and one heart in love. And help all those who believe to be one in prayer with Mary, the mother of Jesus. And now let us offer our own personal intentions to our Lord. I would ask... Lord, please. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, please. I want to pray for my mother. She will have nine years of her passing that God may have her, have her in paradise and pray for all of us here in earth. And those that has passed away from coronavirus, that God also may have them in paradise. Full of grace, intercede for us. I ask you, Lord, to sustain my mother, Mary, who's 96 years old, suffers from dementia, and is in the St. Cabrini Nursing Home in Dobbs Ferry. I have not seen her in seven months due to COVID. So I pray that you grant us the many blessings of our being reunited someday soon. We pray to the Lord. Mary, Mary full of grace, intercede for us. I'd like to pray for all the mothers uh, to watch over their children, give them their strength to take care of their families. And for all the sick, we pray to the Lord. Mary, Mary. Grace intercede for us for peace in the world and especially here in the United States. We pray to the Lord. Mary, Mary full of grace, intercede for us. us. And that our Lord bless us with the wisdom necessary to elect to office good representatives who will defend human life from the moment of conception into natural death. We pray to the Lord. Mary, full of grace, intercede for us. You crowned Mary, queen of heaven. May all the dead rejoice in your kingdom with the saints forever. And now let us pray with confidence to our Father in the words our Savior gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Steve, I'm doing the prayer. Lord, fill our hearts with your love. And as you revealed to us by an angel the coming of your son as man, so lead us through his suffering and death to the glory of his resurrection, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. 
and with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Remember why? Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto you, O Virgin of Virgins, our Mother. To you do we come, before you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer them. Amen. Okay, so we've got about uh, 12 minutes until uh, class starts. Okay, um, maybe to keep your uh, keep your breviaries nearby, because I'll just make a couple of comments on the uh, on the uh, the organization of the prayers for this day. Okay, I don't mean to say anybody's doing anything wrong, but see if you noticed what was going on there. Okay. Uh, John Tremblay, where did you go? Okay. Okay. Uh, received your email. Do what you need to do. Okay. Uh, but who's your pastor, John? Father Corrado. Ah, okay. He's a stickler for the details. Ah. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay, guys, see you at 11, in, um, 11 minutes. My screen, you're on the center. Well, there is no center on this one. Yeah. But Peter, you are the funniest one, though. I mean, funniest looking. Thank you. We have to give it to you. I, I I look forward to this meeting just just to laugh with you. Yeah, but if I had to rate it, his funniest was was with thought a dinosaur. And you see, Peter, you're starting to slip it because you you cut your your funny lines are no longer. You're not interrupting. I'm sorry. He just ignored me though. Like, you know, he just, I don't know oh if he God, heard me. Really? He's just you know, talking. I have my one liners. Who's this? Who was that? Father, uh, Father O'Neill. Remember? Yeah. Oh, you couldn't compete with Father O'Neill. His comedy was the best. How could you compete? You can't. Oh, Peter, you should although, have. Although, there, is a, there was a close second. How about okay. this? No respect. No respect at all. Yo, Anthony. Okay, I thought I'd begin with just a little bit of trivia that came up in today's office. If you look at the antiphons for October 7th, either morning prayer or evening prayer, did you see the pattern that they came up with oh, about Christ. come up with those antiphons the antiphons for morning prayer and evening prayer have a pattern do you see the pattern yeah. Jesus birth death and resurrection Okay, so why did they pick those, Bob? Because it's oh, Peace Lady of Our Lady of the Rosary. Right, so the first antiphon is for the Joyous Mysteries. Okay, yep. Okay, the second antiphon is for the... Sorrowful. And the third set... Glorious. Okay. Oh, okay, because the Rosary, they're all... That's why you're teaching with students. Okay. All right. Start, start looking for patterns, by the way. I, uh, this translation that we have for the prayer of the day okay, uh, is not the one that if you went to Mass today, uh, and I'm not going to give it exactly, but what I heard at Mass was more of a reminder of the prayer that ended the Angelus. Pour forth, we beseech you, O Lord, your grace into our hearts, 
that we to whom the incarnation of Christ your Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, to the same Christ our Lord, amen. Everybody with me on that? Okay, so that it's basically uh, material gets recycled. Am I making sense on that? Okay, so you're going to start to see. Now look for patterns because that's going to help you understand what's going on. Some human being had to come up with the organization. So sometimes it's, I'm going to say fun, but interesting to see what their mindset is right, so that you can enter into the prayer. Obviously, okay, this feast is pre-John Paul II, correct? Okay, because what are we missing? The luminous. The luminous mysteries, right? Everybody with me? By the way, okay, let's go back to pre-luminous mysteries. Okay, why were there 150? Uh, the, the, the Psalms. For the Psalms. So the origin of the rosary in the Western Church is that for the folks who didn't know, remember that they always used to do all of the Psalms in one week, okay, that the lay brothers or the laity who didn't know how to read the Psalms, okay, that they would say our fathers. So John Tremblay, okay, uh, John knows that in the rule of St. Francis, which may, may or may not have read, that there are a certain number of our fathers that the lay brothers who didn't know how to read would say during each of the offices. Making sense to people? Paul Only later on did Hail Marys come to replace the our fathers. Okay. Other part that somebody noticed at the beginning was that there were no psalm prayers. Okay. Did anybody ever explain that, guys, to you about the psalm prayers? Okay. If you were to, if you had a Latin breviary, the Latin Roman breviary doesn't have the psalm prayers. Okay. The English one does because the committee and the bishops who authorized it liked the idea of trying to make the psalms more prayerful and therefore these very old psalm prayers that came to us from the Gallican French church okay, were added in. So I guess what I'm possibly also saying is if you were in a rush, okay, do you have to say the psalm prayers? Okay, am I making sense on that part? Okay. And maybe the easier way to have said this is obviously it's still a memorial and not a feast, but to, to say that everything is proper from the saint's day, okay, except that the psalms and the intercessions would be from the common, okay, just as a way of trying to say it a little bit more succinctly. I know, Steve, you were kind of looking for a way to... Okay. Yeah, I almost made that point in the email. I never come, you know, I should have done you that. You did fine, Stephen. You did fine. Okay. Two thumbs up. All right. You can can I ask one technical question? Sure. Just so I, I, I want to make sure I understand. I'm trying to figure this... I'm still trying to figure this out. to understand it better. Um, if today's feast... Memorial. Not a feast. Not a feast. Memorial. Memorial. Today's memorial had fallen on a Saturday. We would have been direct for evening prayer. We would have been directed to evening prayer one. Is that accurate? You would not have said the evening prayer of the Lady of the Rosary. You would have said evening prayer one of the Sunday because the solemnity outranked Okay. When would we when would we be directed to pray evening prayer one uh, in the common of the Blessed Virgin Mary? Okay. If your parish was Our Lady of the Rosary, then in your parish, okay, 
that even though it is a memorial in the universal church, right. in your parish, it's a solemnity. Okay. Okay. And therefore, now, I will deny that I said this, and those of you who are taping Doug, please erase it. <laughs> there are some times where there are priests who don't necessarily do that. Okay? But as it's a, when we do a solemnity, let's just say your parish is Our Lady of the Rosary, and this fell on a Sunday, a Sunday in ordinary time, okay? It would displace the Sunday pair, prayers. And the reason why is that as a solemnity of your parish, it's considered a, a solemnity of the body of Christ under the title of Our Lady of the Rosary. And therefore, as a solemnity of Christ's body, it outranks the Sunday. Okay, making sense on that? Okay, that's why okay, I, I made reference to in the note that I wrote you guys that in my own parish, we have four priests, and I am of the opinion that only one of the four did the mass for the dedication of a church that day. Okay. That they were doing either St. Faustina, okay. Um, but I, you know, okay, and the priest that I served that day did the dedication because I was preaching that day. So obviously I picked the reading. That making sense to folk? Okay. But anything that shows our identity as okay, the Church of Jesus Christ in New York, I want to underline that. Okay, we, you sometimes will hear, especially when we do about, deal with closings, and people do have, and it is right and just, a great deal of loyalty to their own individual parish, but it's as Cardinal Dolan sometimes likes, and I think coming out of a little bit of frustration, says we're not Presbyterians. We're not Congregationalists. It's the diocese, okay? Am I making sense on that? Uh, and so things like the dedication of the cathedral, I think are important as a way of kind of reminding that people that the church building is only a symbol they are the body of Christ. Comprending? But Paul, thank you for the question. Okay. And always feel, you know, to use what I think somebody just said before, the just us. Okay? It is just us. So always feel free to ask those questions. Okay. I may not have an answer, um, but I certainly welcome them. Comprending? Okay. You can. Okay. Lucas, you awake yet? You look like you're ready to fall asleep. I did. I am very comfortable, though. Okay. <laughs> Beacon? All right. <clears throat> Beacon? Yes. A quick question. After ordination, uh, let's say we, we miss saying the office. Is that a, what type, is that a venial sin? Mortal. Or is it moral? Mortal. Okay. I, I, I almost, what you already know, John, okay, is that in order for something to be sin, you got to have three parts. It's right. got to be wrong. You got to know that it's wrong and you have to freely choose to do it. So right. what your question is, I would need to know the why. Okay. So you've got a raging fever of 104. Okay, are you bound to the office? No. No. No, I'm, I'm thinking more like, um, like we're, we're, you're, you're talking about the different nuances of um, the day. What if what if I were just lazy today and I really didn't pick up, you know, what I should have prayed this morning and I went to the ordinary just because I was just out of laziness or I missed because of laziness. You know, no, no, no real bad intent. It's just I missed. You know, I didn't prioritize it. Okay. 
I would I would call that a fault, okay? And and I'd work on that, okay? But in other words, the the stuff that I grew up on was that the all of the hours, okay, bound under the pain of mortal sin, okay? I do not see that language anymore, okay? And even when you take, in, when you're standing in front of the bishop and he asks the five questions, right? Now, do you agree to pray for the, all of the people of God, okay? Assuming the, uh, according to your state in life, to uh, pray the divine office daily, okay? So that's part of the oath that you made publicly, okay? So it's a commitment. Now, can your day get so frazzled that you've gotten now into bed, okay? Um, as deacons, okay, if you will, uh, not tempty deacons, but permanent deacons, um, you're only, quote, obligated to morning prayer and evening prayer. Okay, that part everybody knows, okay? So let us say that this particular day, it's probably 12.30 in the morning, you are finally slipping in between the sheets and you say, oh hell, I never prayed evening prayer today. Okay. Do I see you getting out of bed at 12.30 in the morning to go back and do evening prayer? John, what do you think? Uh, it depends on what kind of day it was, Deacon, but I would be tempted not to for sure. I think I'm not only tempted, I think in other words, you got to use common sense. Okay? Everybody with me on that? Okay. So the obligation is just morning prayer and evening prayer. Okay. Everything, all of it is recommended if you can do it. But, you know, if you're, okay, if you're, um, some of you guys, Peter and Stephen, you are your own bosses, I think, right? So you're, you've got a little bit more freedom than, say, somebody who is working on a factory floor. Okay? They don't have that same kind of freedom to organize their time, okay? So they might have to do morning prayer and evening prayer you know, after work, and there's no way that they're, you know, adding on something like daytime prayer. Have I uh, exhausted this topic? To everybody's <laughs> Peter, you're shaking your head no. I the topic. I like the topic. Okay. But but it's not our topic for the evening, eh? Whatever you say, Deacon, is such education. Okay. So insightful, such wisdom. Let me go get my boots if I miss. So whatever you got. You know this is non-credit, Peter. I, there's I there's no brownie points. <laughs> I getting points from the guy above me. That's that matters. Okay. Moving on. Okay. Take this away. Deacon, a quick a quick side note. Sure. I'm, work, I'm working on a paper for Father Chris's Monday class on the wedding cana. That for his class, which is. The, it's it's the, I'm, I'm doing a paper on the wedding of cana. Okay. And the one homily I listened to today, it was an older an older priest. And he said the difference between Mary and Eve, Eve was selfish. She thought of herself and no one else. Whereas Mary at the wedding in Cana realized it would be an embarrassment for, for the bridegroom to run out of wine. So that's what she's trying to Jesus. So it's, instead of thinking of herself, she thought of everyone else except herself. And I never heard it explained that way before. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, How is that not, you know, worry about everybody else? Isn't it more for the bride and groom? Okay. Who, else, who else was there? Yeah. Okay. To talk in defense of Eve, okay, Eve is probably a better example, it seems to me, of rationalizing rather than selfishness. So Barbara Walters is interviewing Eve, the mother of all the living, okay? And Barbara Walters says, Eve, mother of all the living, okay? were you trying to stand up for womenhood 
for all future generations. Were you trying to say, who the hell are you to tell me what to do? Okay. And I see Eve saying, oh no, Babua. Okay. Only bad people do bad things for bad reasons. And I, I did a bad thing, but I only did it for good reasons. It was good for food. And didn't God give us bodies? And doesn't that give us an obligation to take care of them? Yes. <laughs> it was pleasing to the eye. And isn't beauty a great way to get in contact with the transcendence of God? Okay. And useful for gaining wisdom. Okay. So for, only bad people do bad things for bad reasons. I did a bad thing, but I only did it for good reasons. Do you understand what I mean by rationalizing? Mm. Okay. So I don't see it so much as selfishness as now switch to Mary. Okay. Mary, Mary is compassionate. Mary notices that the other people have a problem, okay? That's a, that's a very good quality, is it not? Absolutely. Okay. What I like here is, is two parts. One is she sees the problem, she comes to Jesus, and she says, change the water into wine? No, she says, they've run out of wine, okay? I think that, that when when I'm thinking of Mary as a model for good prayer, sometimes when we have a problem, we come and tell the Lord, here's my problem, and here's what I want you to do about it. Whereas Mary's example is, here is their problem, and now I'm turning it over to you, because you know better. I think that that's pretty, pretty wise. And then Mary is saying to you and I, okay, do what he tells you. Okay. So all of those I think are great. And then I go on to say, um, I think it's 180, at least 180 bottles of wine. I, I forget what the, the exact number is. I've got it written down someplace. 20 to 30. I, it's huge amount of wine. Okay, the village would have been drunk at the end of when they finished all that. Yeah. Okay, does that answer what your question was? Uh, but yes. that our tradition is to, okay, Eve ultimately, objectively committed an act of disobedience, and Mary undoes that by her act of obedience, both of which mirror, okay, that it, the old Adam, okay, committed the active disobedience and the death he freely accepted on the cross, the new Adam undoes that. Okay. Have I complicated your life instead of helping it? No. Actually, you clarified it a little bit. Okay. Oh my. Can we talk about processions? Okay. Lucas, you're laughing at all the right spots. So I thank you for that. Okay. He repositioned himself. So now he's comfortable. <laughs> I got my sweater. <laughs> All right. What we are talking about is something that, in the bigger frame of things, in this country, we don't really do a heck of a lot of. Um, we don't really have processions such as the Polish people going every summer to Our Lady of Czestochowa, or the, excuse me, the people of Mexico, sometimes on their knees, okay, the huge numbers of crowds that are going to go visit Our Lady of Guadalupe, or because we've got an Argentinian Pope, there is the Our Lady of Aparecida, okay, uh, which is a big shrine that okay, 
there's big processions that go to visit her shrine on her feast day. We don't have much of that in this country. Uh, maybe the closest is, uh, and I don't know if okay, any of you are involved in this, but my understanding is that on the night of December 11th into the 12th, that very early in the morning, I think beginning like maybe midnight or one, two, many of the Hispanic parishes in Northern Manhattan start heading down towards the cathedral. Have you heard of that, okay? Yes. Okay. I'm told also, I've never been there for December 12th. I'm told that if you walk into the cathedral on the afternoon of December the 12th, the shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe is that there is virtually a mountain of roses that the people came. And they're, they're gathering together, they're coming together, is one of the original notions of processions dating back to the Old Testament where that the 40 years wandering in the desert was not so much a, was not so much viewed as a punishment time it was viewed as a time of intimacy with God when things were simpler okay that there weren't as many temptations around okay and so often the Vatican Council was using that notion of our being a pilgrim church, a church on the move, a church that has here no lasting city, although we want to build up the city of God. Nevertheless, that nothing here is going to be permanent because we have a direction. We know that we're going to our final home. Does that make sense on the okay. so that every procession has that reminder of of temporality, right? Of temporary business. What what I've just talked about for the Our Lady of Guadalupe, an ancient Roman practice, and maybe one of your profs has talked about this, is during Lent, back in the time of Gregory the Great, that the faithful would assemble at one church and then they would walk together okay, to one of the parish churches in Rome, often accompanied by the Pope. Okay? So that, for example, Ash Wednesday, okay, this, this is still being done, okay, that there is a procession to the church, the English-speaking church in Rome, Santa Sabina, okay? And that's always going to be on Ash Wednesday. The old pre-Vatican II missiles for each of the days in Lent used to have in red what the stazio was, what the station was, what church everybody was gonna go to mass, okay? And so that there were those processions. Is this making sense to people? Okay. But what we're not talking about is a rally. And so I wrote down some examples of what we're not doing. Uh, this is not. This is not the president of the United States entering the House of Representatives to give the State of the Union with all of that applause and. Right? It's one of the things that, particularly with his interest in liturgy, Benedict XVI was very uncomfortable with, okay, and a number of you guys, I think, have been to Rome, okay, when the Pope enters St. Peter's, Peter's Basilica, what do the people do? Does anybody aware? They clap. Okay, and it used to drive Benedict crazy because this isn't a celebrity. Okay? This is the gathering of the people of God. Okay, we're not welcoming Benedict. We're welcoming Christ into our midst, and that should have been the focus. And so, 
while the clapping and Viva Il Papa are, are long-standing customs that used to make Pope Benedict very uncomfortable. Comprende omnes, everybody? Okay. Uh, so it's not the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade welcoming Santa Claus. It's not the trooping of the color for the Queen's birthday at Buckingham Palace. It is our gathering, and in a sense, it is helping us to leave aside the cares and concerns and to focus on things that are okay, not of this world okay, or bringing things of this world into the realm of the divine. Everybody clear on that? Okay. So we don't really have, if I'm on page one of the notes okay, that we had, it's that second section. Are there instances where we do have processions? Okay. Uh, one of you, is one of you from uh, St. Martin de Porres Parish in uh, Poughkeepsie? No. Uh, St. Martin's got this great big huge plaza in front of it. Okay. Whether for the Easter vigil or for things like Palm Sunday, it's difficult getting our people to join in a procession, okay? If, if people have gone into church and, quote, they've got their seat, and you come and say, all right, now we want really everybody to get outside for the blessing of the palms, and we will reenact the people welcoming Christ into Jerusalem with the palms in our hands, okay? I think rare is the parish that can get people to pull that off, at least down here in the city. I don't know about you country places. Am I making sense what I'm talking about? Eh? Uh, same thing with the Easter vigil. It's, it's tough to empty the church. Mm. You almost have to push them outside okay, for the lighting of the, of the uh, Easter fire. So there are examples, Palm Sunday, Holy Thursday, when we process to the repository, uh, Easter vigil, and then depending on the parish, whether or not you can pull off a Corpus Christi procession. I don't think it's really, at least basically for us city folk, really not, not that widespread. Some of the Hispanic parishes in Northern Manhattan do much better with this okay, than the rest of us. Okay, because processions are still part of their culture, okay, from their homelands. Is that making sense to people? Okay. Mm -hmm. So what we're left with then are these, not so much procession in terms of a huge bringing people together from various points of the compass to a central place, but we're moving the ministers into the sanctuary and out of the sanctuary, which is that first group okay, that you see there on page one. Okay. So we've got the entrance processional, a presentation of the gifts, which most of us are not using in pandemic times, agreed, in your parishes? Okay. Uh, in my parish, I'm the only server, so we don't have a big procession of bringing the gospel book Matter of fact, we, we haven't used the gospel book since the pandemic started because we're just using the one lectionary. The communion, okay, the communion of the people coming up to receive the body and or blood of Christ, okay, that also is in a sense a procession. So uh, in, in my parish, okay, uh, sometimes we have a big crowd and in the part where is the gym? And I suggested to one Monsignor, well, do you want me to go to the back okay. so that we're cutting down the size of the crowd? And he said, well, if we do that, then we're losing the idea of people coming towards the altar, losing the idea of the procession. Better that there were more stations in the front rather than 
people going off in different directions. We want to have a unity of the symbol of coming together, okay, rather than going apart. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. So that bottom box is urging that faithful should follow the instructions according to what is laid down in the in the missile. Okay. So my plea to you is that no matter what, we've talked about this briefly before, no matter what devotional things that you have been accustomed to doing when you went to mass as an individual, once you're in the sanctuary, okay, you've got to be doing only and all of what is written in the book. Am I making sense on that part? Okay. If, because you just love the name of Jesus, that you not only slightly bow your head, but every time the word Jesus is said, you want to make the sign of the cross. Okay. In the privacy of your home, you're welcome to do that. Okay. It's not a bad thing. Okay. But when you do that in the sanctuary, then people are looking at you and thinking that they're supposed to imitate you. Okay. And we don't want you setting a bad example. Everybody clear on that? Okay. Um, all right. Moving over. This is all pretty. All of that was straight, pretty straightforward. Anybody have any questions on page two? And these are, again, all taken out of the germ. Okay. But it's on page three that we start getting into, I want to deal with the box on page three. Everybody see where I am? Okay. So it's taken from the ceremonial of bishops, just a reminder what the initials CB stand for. It's page 74, I'm sorry, number 74, and footnote 67. So what they're doing here is okay, that a lot of the things that we used to super and overwhelmingly define, we got rid of a lot of those details. But the ceremonial of bishops is saying, well, you know, here is one that would be good. So we're all doing the same kind of thing. Okay. The Roman practices, acolytes hold the candlesticks with the right hand so that the acolyte walking on the right puts his left hand at the base of the candlestick and right on the middle knob. Can folks visualize this? Okay. So I've got two people. Okay. The outside hand is up, holding the knob. The inside hand is holding the base. And you can almost let the base be at arm's length, okay, so that you're not having to carry it so much as you are guiding it. Am I making myself clear on this? Okay. So it may be that when you wind up switching positions, okay, when you're turning around, that you're now on the other side, and then you just bring your hand up to take the knob and, and reverse. But if you see this as if somebody were to come near, okay, in the sense you're protecting the candle, so that the bottom is on the inside wherever you are standing when the two of you are standing side by side. Does that make sense to people? Okay. Now we can take a look at the order of the procession. If there's incense is going to be used during mass, then just before we leave the sacristy or the place where the procession is beginning, the thurifer, 
and or boat bearer, when we say two, usually if you've got a bunch of kids and you're looking for an, you want somebody to be able to fill the job, okay? Or in, in parish life, that you were not sure that somebody was going to show up, so you have an extra body, okay, to fill in another role, that you had two assigned to the thurible, one for the, the smoking pot and the one for the incense holder. Everybody with me on that? Okay. So the incense is imposed, okay? The You don't close it, and we'll talk more about this when we get to that class on the thurible. The celebrant silently, without a prayer, makes one sign of the cross over it. You then close it, okay? And then you don't give it to him. In other words, the thurifer moves to the front of the line, okay? So in a procession, the thurifer goes first, the cross goes behind him. You should be used to this from your uh, masses at Dunwoody, agreed? Okay, back when we did those things. If your aisle is wide enough, then the acolytes flank the cross. So it is three across. If it's too narrow for three across, then what you, excuse me, what you're going to do is the, the cross bearer goes a little bit forward and the two acolytes huddle behind until it's time to reopens up okay, and you have three across. Are folks able to visualize this? This is a class where we would be fooling around and doing a lot of walking at Dunwoody. Okay? Unfortunately, we can't do that on Zoom. Can I have a question? Sure. The thoroughfare and the boat bearer, does it make a difference which who's on what side, like as they're processing up? Like I, I'd be inclined to say that the, uh, I, I don't think it really much matters, but the guy on the right is the more important one. So I would put thurible on the right and uh, the boat bearer on his left hand side. Okay. okay? But if it gets screwed up, George, I don't think that there's a, uh, nobody's going to come screaming. Because we've had seminarians in our, our parish and, you know, they both say two contradictory, you know, one says it should be the way you just said it to the right and somebody else says, no, it should be to the left. It depends on where the third is going to be located. I don't know. If, if you're going to get, if you're going to get those type, okay, then I wouldn't have a boat bearer. And that way, okay, it's called punting. Okay. Okay. You with me on that? Yes. Okay. I appreciate that. Thank that you. Way, yeah. okay. Alcoholics Anonymous has this thing called KISS. I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing familiar faces. None of you have heard of Kiss. Simple. <laughs> simple, stupid. Simple, stupid. Okay. So, when in doubt, simplify. Okay. That keep it simple, stupid. Okay. That principle of AA is actually taken from William of Ockham, who what's called Ockham's Razor. Entia non sunt multiplicanda sine necessitate. Entities should not be multiplied unless there's a necessity. Okay. So would I have if I've got forty if I have forty altar servers and I don't have forty jobs, okay, I'm not putting all of them into procession. With me on that? Okay. So simplicity rather than okay. All right, so third for one, cross bearer flanked is two. Then the reader, okay, who is carrying a book of the gospels if there is no deacon, okay? If there's a deacon, the reader goes out hands folded. 
the lectionary never substitutes for the book of the gospels okay lectionary stays on the ambo it's never carried in procession then would come other ministers okay and these are both reader and other ministers we're talking about non-installed okay so when you folk are going to be installed as readers okay then you are going to mark you know go walk in together okay and other people would be behind you if there is that if the book of the gospels is carried in by the deacon not every parish has got a book of the gospels so that the deacon is walking in front of concelebrants if he's carrying the book of the gospels if he's not carrying the book of the gospels then he is half a step behind the celebrant in theory okay i say in theory because in my parish we have a very weirdly organized sanctuary and it just works out better that I am walking like an altar server in front of him rather than a half a step behind. Okay, is that clear to people on what the proper thing is? And it may vary in your parishes. Any questions on that? Okay. If you've got a bishop, is the bishop the tail end of the procession? Look at your notes. No, not. No. I, no. Okay. Who's behind the bishop? Two deacons. Uh, right. Well, then, right. And who's behind? Who's behind the deacons? Whoever would carry the mitre and the crozier. And the, and the book, yeah. and the, if you will, theoretically a missal, okay, or a pontifical, okay. So this now then comes this George for you okay if I've got three kids Bishop is coming for confirmation I've got three kids one's going to be the mitre bearer one's going to be the crozier bearer and one's going to be the book bearer okay they're walking in a straight line behind the bishop and the deacon if there is one which side should the kid who is going to take the crozier which side does he walk on right right why do you say that because that's the hand the bishop walks with him ah george think again okay when a bishop is walking into a church what's he usually doing with his right hand he always, always, always carries the crozier in his left hand. Everybody with me on that? Okay. Even if he's left-handed, he's blessing people with his right hand. Okay. So the crozier is always in the left hand, which means then that the three kids behind, just that the logic is when he gets to the front of the altar, he's going to hand over the crozier to the kid on his left, because that's the side, then more than likely he's gonna, if he's taking off the miter, okay, he wants to hand that to the kid on the right-hand side, and therefore the book bearer is right behind him because he's not picking up anything at that point. Everybody see the logic of that? Okay, because hand off, why would he hand off the crozier before he took off the miter? Use his hand. Say again, Peter. Accessibility to using his hand. He needs two hands to take the miter off. Okay, because if he doesn't use two hands, he's going to mess up his hair <laughs> if he's got any. Okay, do you see the logic? Of, right? Okay, so all of these uh, uh, form follows function. What's the job that's going to be done, and how quick and easy is it to do that? Okay, clear? Making sense. Yep. Okay. Now <laughs> we get to recessionals. Okay. In theory, 
what we're doing is we're if we're forming it in front of the altar, okay, that the cross is in front, okay, and we go out the same way that we came in, okay, in the same order. Now, I got to tell you, okay, bishops don't always follow those rules, mm-hmm. okay, so that there were times with Cardinal Egan that a procession may have, if they may have come down the center aisle in order to enter the cathedral, to come into the sanctuary, sometimes Cardinal Egan would have the procession go straight back to the sacristy, if you will, long and short. So you always need to know what's the, what's the route that it's going to be taken and make sure that the on the way in the thoroughfare, okay, on the way out the crossbearer knows the route of egress. Okay, clear on that one. Okay. If the um, if the thoroughfare is not carrying the thurible, because he's not swinging it now, we didn't is. Once we got past the consecration, we haven't been using smoke. Okay, then if he's walking out, he's not leading the procession anymore because he doesn't have the thurible. Is that making sense to people? Okay. Questions. And to look at the look at the piece of paper and see what is or is not making sense to you. So Deacon, if if obviously you're not using incense on when you're leaving and they're not being first, were they all going to back? No, no they'd be right behind the cross. They'd be right behind the cross. Right after the, the, the candlestick holder. Right. Well, remember, that's three guys walking together. Right. Okay. But sometimes, like you said, if it's narrow, the cross goes They'd be crossed by himself then the two candles, then right behind the candle. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing the, see, this isn't a great example, Peter, of we so often use words, the same word in different contexts, meaning entirely different things. Okay. Technically speaking, maybe I should have been using the term candle bearers there instead of the word acolyte, okay? Making sense of what I'm saying? Technically, especially with you guys, we should probably be keeping the term acolyte for the ones who are formally installed as acolytes. Okay, comprending? Okay, but good questions. Other questions? Anthony, you're usually good for a a good question for us. I know, but uh, no, I'm good. All good. Okay. Right. Again, this is a class where where I would have everybody understands this, and then I would at random have handed out a whole bunch of cards okay, with an assignment. So. John Tremblay, you might have gotten a card as boat bearer and George Thurfer and somebody else as, as cross bearer. And then I would have said to you, uh, form the procession. Okay. And so we would actually walk it, okay, form it and then walk it. Okay? Because remember, we're never, we're never racing. Okay. So it's not as a snail's pace but it is at a solemn pace, okay? But since we are on Zoom, we're not doing any of that today. Other questions, guys? One question about ordination. Okay. Are you gonna be helping us 
with, um, you know, the assignments for ordination. So I was just told by Deacon Frank, I'm the mitre and the crozier. I've done that before, but I need a refresher course. Okay, you, you were a mitre and crozier? I was a mitre at one, at, at one of the masses and the crozier at another. Okay, all right. I, I was trying to visualize Anthony whether he was telling you that we were only going to use one person and you had both jobs. Yo, he is. He's telling me now that uh, I am both mitre and crozier for the ordination. Ah, okay. Um, okay. Dolan, Dolan is pretty easy. Okay, and, and for the ordination, okay, here is the part that I would like to say really to everybody, there's a kind of an awesomeness that I consider appropriate to any kind of service in the cathedral, okay? At the same time, okay, it really should not be a significant butterfly moment because you've got both the Cardinal Secretary and the Master of Ceremonies, okay, who will guide you and they're used to dealing with people who've never done it before. Okay. So that's, that's meant to, to talk you down off the wall. Okay. Yeah, no, I know that, but you are, you are the man when it comes to like uh -huh. at the last second, yeah. like having to get somebody through something like at the Acolyte Reader's Mass when, you know, a couple of years ago when I did you know, stuff that I've never done before, and you got me through it. So just wondering, I mean, are, you know, are, are, are you going to be able to, you know, are you the one that's going to get us through this stuff? Um, I, I, I consider it as on call. Right now, Anthony, I don't even know if I'm going to be at the ordination because, uh, I don't know the limits that they're giving to Frank on how many people can be there. Are you with me on that? Yeah, sure. Okay. I get it. So if I am there, okay, I would certainly be willing to answer any questions. Okay. Uh, but, but again, where is it? You know, the, Father King is very, very good and gentle. Okay. He's the, the cathedral's master of ceremonies. Okay, so that the rehearsal, you know, one, one of the things that we didn't really have at an acolyte mass installation or a reader installation, is we really never had a practice. Okay. I know. Whereas there at the cathedral, excuse me, uh, at least I think the plan uh, for an ordination is that there is a practice. There is, but unfortunately, I can't make that. It's Friday, and uh, the ordination is on. Uh, sorry, uh, the ordination is October thirty-first. Right. The practice is the thirtieth. I can't make that. Uh, okay, I, I'm off the record now, Anthony. I hope you have a real good reason. I do. I'm working. Patience. That's it. That's people patience, not patience. <laughs> I understood. Okay. Um, I'd be available for questions. Any other? Um, okay. So we didn't get a. I'm, I'm Lucas. No, I'm good. Okay. No, you. You. I mean, the, the notes. The notes walk me through all the stuff that you did cover and at the end keep keep it simple stupid and, I, and if you think you're making a mistake just walk slowly and solemnly okay? because the the crowd doesn't know what you're supposed to be doing right okay it's, it's when you run okay clear all right Okay, that takes us uh, to the end of our okay, what we can possibly do on Zoom, guys. Right? Uh, so I will uh, send you some notes for next week. Um, and always feel free to uh, 
shoot me an email if something comes up. Okay. Will you be at the retreat on the 17th? Uh, I, I, I'm not sure that yet. Okay. Um, I'm not sure of that yet. We're not bringing wives, are we? To the to the day of recollection, no. The day of recollection is just you guys. Okay. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Form follows function. Okay. Figure out what's supposed to happen. Okay. And when in doubt, punt, George. Okay. Good night, folks. All right. Good night, Good night. Good night everyone. Adios. Enjoy. Good night, oh. Good night. Enjoy the debate. Oh, yeah. <laughs>